This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Special Thursday version of the show, as we were not able to give you one on Wednesday. I mean, we could have, but no. Got back in the house at 2.10 in the a.m. with women's basketball. Well, the team wasn't with me. We got back late with women's basketball. A very tough night in San Antonio. We'll give you some of the highlights and kind of an honest outlook of where the team is. Right smack dab now in the middle of the AAC standings, but with still plenty of time to play. In fact, we are exactly a third of the way through the conference year and still a lot to be settled. And as I've mentioned a couple times on social media, not sure how much is going to get settled during the regular season because of the competitive nature of the AAC for women's basketball. But really, really important one for the Bulls coming up this Saturday on the women's side. We will preview tonight's men's basketball challenge, and it is a challenge. The Memphis Tigers are 10th in the country. They've won 10 games in a row. We'll give you a preview. And, of course, tonight you can hear all the action for yourself starting at 6.30 with the pregame 7 o'clock or so tip-off Eastern time. Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnson will have the call of the Bulls and the Tigers. Get ready to hear some softball as we debuted what will be several interviews with members of the squad. You got to hear the co-captains, Jordan Cadlip and Marissa Tribalpiece. And if you missed it, don't worry. It's up on our podcast page. And today you're going to hear from a couple of key contributors until they got hurt before last year. And we get to hear Josie Foreman and Alana Rivera back-to-back as they will be ready to return to the Diamond. You'll also hear the entire preseason poll as we're not too far away from softball season and no surprise Wichita was picked to win the league as they're the defending champion. We'll tell you where the Bulls were picked and sort of give you the pre-preview of the entirety of softball when it comes to the conference. Again, that's coming up in our second segment. Also, we mentioned it, of course, on Monday's show, which we did from San Antonio, but more details now, including the full roster of the national champion cheerleading squads from South Florida. Actually, the same squad, the all-girls squad, but won two different titles in the game day and the traditional cheerleading competition. The co-ed cheer team, which had won three straight national titles, came in second place. Pretty cool that on GoUSFBulls.com, you can get the full roster of all of the ladies and gentlemen that performed so well over in Orlando last weekend. Well, it will be a tough one for the men's basketball team tonight. Of course, the Bulls have had a tremendous season to this point. Nine and five, they are off to a two and one start in the conference thanks to that scintillating win last Friday where Cason Pryor took over and scored 29 points all but two in the second half. He was named to the weekly honor roll for the AAC Was not player of the week. Player of the week, that would be Javon Quinley of the Memphis Tigers. We'll give you some more about their guys, but this Tigers team has won 10 in a row to climb to 15-2 on the season. They are 4-0 in the AAC. Their only losses were early on, obviously, since they're on the streak. They played in the Battle for Atlantis. They beat Michigan by 4. They beat 20th-ranked Arkansas by 5, and they lost to Villanova 79-63 in the finals of that event. And then they actually lost a second straight. They went to Ole Miss after that early December and lost a close one. Followed that up with wins at VCU in overtime, at Texas A&M ranked 21st, and at home against 13th-ranked Clemson. That's right, they won three games against ranked power conference opponents. This is when the Tigers were not yet ranked. 
Then just to go ahead and solidify that spot, they torched Virginia 77-54. to This was just a few weeks ago. Virginia turned it over 18 times, which was actually the most they had committed in a game in nearly four years. Memphis came home to play a lesser regarded but still SEC team Vanderbilt and squeaked by that one 77-75. So if you're keeping count, that's four wins against the SEC with a close loss at Ole Miss. Back-to-back wins against ACC teams. And funny enough, until the other day when they poured it on Wichita State, more on that game in a second, their first three conference games were all competitive. They squeaked out one at Tulsa 78-75. They were behind pretty big in the first half at home, edged SMU 62-59, and had to go overtime to take down one of the, frankly, weaker teams in the conference, UTSA 107-101. But they didn't have to squeak out anything on Sunday, setting a school record 19 three-pointers and setting the conference record for most points in a game, 112, winning at Wichita State, 112-86. to Perhaps just a touch motivated in that game was Jaquan Walton, the former Wichita State shocker. He had not made more than three three-pointers in a game this year, and in his former home, 6-for-8, 23 points in the contest. Javon Quinterly, who also had a pretty nice game, 5-for-6 from 3, 23 points, He's been consistent all the way around. Incidentally, he had 11 assists in his previous game, scored 25 against UTSA. He was named the Conference Player of the Week for his efforts. If the name Javon Quinterly rings a bell, yeah, he is the former Alabama Crimson Tide. Actually started off his career at Villanova. Transferred, had to sit out for a year, which is back in the day. Then in the 2021 season, ended up averaging 15 points during the SEC tournament and was named the SEC tournament's most outstanding player and got Alabama its first tournament championship since 1991. Followed that up by averaging 14 points two years ago. Last year turned into their sixth man and was the SEC sixth man of the year. Ended with nearly 1,150 career points at Alabama and he has been just fine for Memphis in 17 games. No more six-man stuff. He is a starter averaging 14 points and putting up 82 assists, but he has not been their leading scorer. That would go to the man David Jones. Yeah, Penny Hardaway has picked him up some transfers. He was a former, actually started off at DePaul two years ago, averaged 14 and a half points for them, went to St. John's, averaged around 13 last year, hit 42 threes, and this season is scoring 21 points a game, 20.9 technically. 37 makes from distance, 36%, getting to the free throw line a ton. He is a six foot six forward, but again can pop threes. He has free throw performances this year of 12 for 14, 10 for 12, 9 for 12, 8 for 8, 12 for 18, 9 for 9, and recently 9 for 10. He gets to the line as much as anybody in the country, 81%, 98 for 121, and Frankly, here's what's got to concern you if you're a Bulls fan, which if you're listening to me, you are. They've got some size. They have recently switched to a bigger lineup, and even though the two guys that are underneath in that lineup, in addition to the man I just mentioned at 6'6", David Jones at the three, aren't blowing you away statistically, Nicholas Jordan and Malcolm Dandridge, who again have started regularly recently, are both averaging around seven points, four and a half boards. But they both shoot a high number. Jordan, yep, the former Temple Owl, 
shoots 70% from the floor. And Dandridge, who was actually a fifth-year player all with the Tigers, had only 14 career starts in his first four years, now has 12 in his senior season, and has a career-type year going on in both points and rebounds. He goes six foot nine, 260. That could be a guy that gives the Bulls some trouble. Doesn't shoot the ball a ton. In the last four games, he's shooting 75% from the floor, but that's 14 for 18. The glass is where you're worried things could go against the Bulls tonight. We knew it coming into the year that the Bulls were generally an undersized lineup. Corey Walker and Kaysen Pryor are your post presences. Daniel Toba Loba, of course, has a size at seven feet, but the freshman hasn't played a ton. I'm guessing he might be put in there for strictly defensive purposes a few more minutes tonight. Love to get to the free throw line among the top 25 in the country. More than 20 attempts per game, and overall, more than 100 more than their opposition, and they're hitting 74% when they get there. We mentioned David Jones is leading the way, and Quinterly, their second leading scorer, he's shooting 85% from the free throw line. He and Jones are also their top two three-point shooters. Let's see, who am I forgetting? Caleb Mills, of course, the former Houston Cougar turned Florida State Seminole, but he's missed the last few games with an injury. Side note there, he had recently asked to be taken out of the starting lineup so he could provide spark off the bench. They're obviously a very talented group, and the Bulls will be challenged, especially underneath. Can't wait for this one tonight. It'll be Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston from the FedEx Forum, where Memphis is really tough to beat. They're tough to beat anywhere at 6.30 Eastern Time. We'll have highlights for you on tomorrow's show. Three games in the conference played on Wednesday. The tight one North Texas prevails at East Carolina 60-59. to North Texas, a team that's kind of starting to climb in towards the top 50 of the net. you got three teams in that top 50 led by FAU. SMU continues to have the measurables in the top 40, actually. And then it's Memphis and North Texas up at 60. Also last night, UAB, very impressive win against Tulane, 83-59. to and speaking of impressive, Tulsa blast UTSA 107-78. Again, that UTSA team just recently took Memphis to overtime in Memphis. Tigers and North Texas, both 4-0 in the conference. Charlotte is 4-1. Boy, Rice has troubles holding on to a lead. You know, the Bulls came back from down 12. The Owls were up 20 early at home and lost to Charlotte the other night in overtime. That put Charlotte at 4-1. Then 3-1, FAU, SMU, and UAB. So that's six teams off to good starts. And the Bulls are right in the middle at seventh place at 2-1 in the league. Well, right in the middle is not where the women's team expected to be. Disappointing stop in San Antonio for women's basketball. We woke up day of game. It was 18 degrees out. And yes, I stepped outside to see how that felt. Pretty chilly. And no, I did not do my outside run because I would have been slipping and sliding. That wasn't smart. Fortunately, we were inside, but unfortunately, the Bulls were cold shooting the ball on Tuesday night. We'll give you the conference outlook. They're right at 500 in the league. Of course, pick to win it. More on that in a second. But a couple of highlights. Really, all you need to hear is the beginning, but we'll give you just a tad more. There were some positives in the second half, but the start was not good. White loves to jack up the three. She does, and there's the opening rebound. And Udo. And that is what they do to you. They are ninth in the country in both overall and offensive rebounds. Udo has more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. That is 
58. Vlasic off the screen, short with a three, but Danny Gonzalez comes in with her own offensive rebound and can't convert. Had the lane open up. Tony Levy tries to drive the lane, and that was another stat I was going to mention. The block shots. They are one of the best in the country in that category, and the Bulls just got blocked. There's a three open, knocked it down, and it is 7-1. Long three, and I'm telling you about how they don't make threes. Swish. And it is a blitz right now. Sydney Love knocks it down, and the Bulls are off to a really slow start here in San Antonio. It's 10-1. Jose Fernandez calls timeout. A UTSA team that was averaging 28% from three and makes four and a half total per game, made five in the first quarter and slightly better than 28%. In the first half, eight for 13, that's 61.5%. Actually, they had a chance end of the first quarter to cut it to five, missed it, and UTSA, just for good measure, hit back-to-back threes and it was 20-7. to seven. Bulls did not make a three in the first half. However, all it took was a couple of threes, and it got interesting in the third quarter. Now a miss on the other end. Levin wants to take it to the hoop. And, boy, she had some energy to that drive. 46 to 23. She was still mad from her two misses on the other end. She was 0 for 10 until that make. Give her credit for still going. Now Wilson gets the turnover the other way. Levy has it. Does she score again? Make it two in a row. And make it a 46 to 25 score. So Romy Levy gets near double figures with those two quick makes at nine points. They dump it to him, put two blasts. It gets open for three. That looks much better than it is. First one, first one, 48 to 32. Pulls down 16 with 115 to go. Uh oh, Blasic three. How about this? Like we hinted at earlier, not talking like the game's over. Just need a couple of threes. And they've gotten them, and the Roadrunners call timeout. UTSA actually missed out of the timeout. Maria Alvarez makes an open three on a pass from Carla Brito, but a UTSA player kind of leaned into Brito's path, took the flop, got the call, and instead of a 10-point game, it was 14 at the end of the quarter. And even after Lauren Putu's early fourth-quarter make cut it to a 12-point margin, that was the end of the Bulls' run. Not only give credit to the Roadrunners for gathering themselves back, but Bulls missed 13 of their next 14 shots. UTSA's point guard, Kira White, who came off a near triple-double. In this game, 23 points, a career high, 5 for 11 on threes, along with 8 boards and 6 assists. They ended up 50% from threes. Their pace slowed, but still 11 for 22, while the Bulls were just 3 for 23 and for the night. 21% from the floor, 12 for 57. Crazy thing is they held... UTSA's usual leading score, their center and already school's all-time blocks leader, Alyssa Coleman, to nothing from the floor. She recently had a 32-19 and game, but had a double-digit scoring streak and at six contests by going 0 for 2, two points. And the Bulls still lost by 23. Actually, their point guard, White, and another guard, a freshman, Asia Proctor, led them in rebounds. With eight apiece, they can all rebound. Proctor also went four of six on threes. The Bulls... It's been the same story. Blasic and Levy have been solid, but you need at least two of the other players in the lineup, even if it's a bench player, to come in and give you some scoring. Recently, the Bulls are only getting one other player to contribute significantly into this game. No one was hitting. Both Blasic and Levy were 3-for-16, the rest of the team 6-for-25. With Sammy Puises healthy, they're the best team in the league. It's why they were picked to win it. Without her, they're right on the same level with these other squads, and when you're not hitting your shots... 
you're probably going to lose, and the Bulls lost to two of them in two days in Texas. They're in eighth place at 3-3 three and three in the conference. Charlotte, after barely beating Tulane last night at home, stays on top at 5-1. and one. Three teams at 4-1, and one, including the one that visits the Yingling Center on Saturday. North Texas romped at SMU last night. The Mean Green are 14-3, and three, highest-ranked team in the league. AAC has 12 teams in the top 150, but none in the top 75, meaning, yeah, very similar in talent. It is going to be a wide-open race to the point where I don't even think where you sit in the conference standings matters as far as who you match up with in the conference tournament, but you do want to try and finish in the top four to avoid having to win four games in four days. And the Bulls right now are not in the top four. They're in eighth place. All three of their losses to teams right now in the top five. And again, North Texas tied for second. Team that was picked to finish second in the league, East Carolina, and made the NCAA tournament last year, fell to two and three, getting drilled at home by Rice last night, 80 to 67. I'll tell you more about North Texas on tomorrow's show. But that wraps up this special Bulls Beat on a Thursday. I'm Derek Sharp.